Tom, Shailen, my friends. Now, I've got a question for you to kick off this podcast. What is our most downloaded podcast to date? I'm assuming it's Power BI is not Excel because that's always uh, been the our big number winner. one. <laughs> yeah. And number one, whereby we thought this is going to be dreadful, we're going to screw everything up, but it's still the most downloaded podcast. It's but probably coming... also the least polished as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. But coming and, and catching up very, very fast, which is really interesting to see the way the market's going, catching up very, very fast in second place is So You Want to Be a Power BI Consultant with our special guest star today, Mr. John Stiles. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. Hey, John. Yeah, hey, hello, hello, John. Great to have you on again. Thank you so much for giving the time for this. Good to be here. So we're going to talk today about all the soft skills that you need to know. And I think, you know, we've got with Power BI and Dynamics and lots of technology, the, the job market is still pretty frothy. And what we see is employers going out, candidates going out, and just really majoring on, you know, hard technical skills, databases, uh, development skills, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, not maybe as much on soft skills or sometimes not at all on soft skills. So we wanted to do a podcast really to talk through what are the important soft skills that any consultant needs to know, but also to go and keep on top of. So John, first thing I'd love you to do is introduce yourself and Northcope before we get into the conversation. Okay, thanks Andy. Um, yeah, so I've I've been in recruitment now since 2010, 2011. Um, I run my own recruitment consultancy, Northcope Dynamics. We specialize in helping end users and goal partners in the Microsoft space staff their practices and their projects. This can mean permanent staff or contractors depending on what they need. So I speak to thousands of different people every year so uh, and and you know meet all my clients know all my clients um and yeah i mean i think this topic is quite pertinent right because it's um i guess it's not commonly understood why a lot of employers look at soft skills as being important um, but then when you look at the projects maybe there's an answer there so happy to happy to go into it yeah fantastic thank you so john just to kick off how do you differentiate hard and soft skills Okay, great, great question. Um, so hard skills for me is, is what you see on a CV, right? So anything anything from I've done this on a project to these are the certifications that I have that Microsoft have released that, that the market are telling me that I need, um, which is fine. And it's really, those are really important skills um, because you can't, you know, you can't build a house without knowing how to build a house, right? Um, but then the soft skills piece, that's very much uh, uh, talking to them part right so um you, you gauge that through conversations with them through meeting them through them talking to other people from asking people who know them what they're like to to work with and i try and stay away from percentages and ratios but if you put gun to my head i'd say that actually soft skills are about 75 to 80 percent of the job wow from from my perspective you know you guys are yeah. you guys run and work in partners right so you know you're at the sharp end of this um, because you've got people working, you've got your people and you working on these projects, talking to clients, and you know what's important to these particular clients. And I think a good example is I've recently placed a, a finance lead and he thought for a long time that he was a solution architect because he was told he was an architect by his employer, his former employer, right? And the reason why they told him that, he's sort of similar age to me, sort of mid-30s, and the reason why they told him that is because they wanted to bill him out as an architect, um, and to tell the client, this guy's an architect. But actually, I think if you really drill down as to what an architect is, 
it can't be because you need to have done the time on aside from having all these different hard skills and certifications and experience in whatever ERP or you're looking at you need to be able to have worked on projects of various sizes various numbers of legal entities various industries you cannot be a solution architect without having all that good and bad experience which forms your ability to be a really good architect and to look at the bigger picture and that's all soft skills that's all soft skills and i think the best contractors who i've got working with me right now have the best soft skills and they can come in and they can solve your problems for you and they don't know how you're going to do it but you just manage it right and to go back to this finance lead he was he went on a bit of a journey of you know denial and acceptance right so i'm i am a solution architect to oh maybe i maybe i am a finance lead but i can get to an architect quite soon and he was interviewing at two or three companies and the feedback he got from these companies and me by the way was you're not an architect because you haven't got that particular skill set so he didn't he had loads of fno finance experience but he didn't have supply chain experience SEM experience and actually you know a lot of clients i deal with will say we expect our architects to be able to be leads in any functional area and i completely agree with that massively important soft skill hugely important so so shailen you know you've been recruiting recently as as the, from the employer's point of view I know we can take it from the consultant's point of view. From the employer's point of view, how do you talk about hard and soft skills with people and how do you think about what John's just said? First of all, just like to say, we work with John. You help us on our recruitment journey, don't you, John? Hopefully, you know, we'll continue to do so. But, it's, you know, we've had conversations where we say we can help individuals on a development plan because when you ask us, you say, so you need to sell your company. So you give me those things. So we say, okay, we do this and we can offer flexible working and we finish early on a Friday. We offer vouchers, ad hoc bonuses, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And then we can help them with a development plan, a technical development plan. And a technical development plan being in the first three months, we'd expect this. First six months, we'd expect this. And we can help them gain certifications, etc. But they're all very technical skills. And the key thing is, we can't help them with is the, those soft skills so how to engage you know when you're presenting we can definitely help to a certain extent but people naturally should have the ability to present themselves so when they're presenting let's say a dashboard because they're very very you know visual and when you look at a lot of the the users and the audience within that community of who's going to use the dashboards nine times out of ten it's not going to be the technical departments right it's going to be the c-level senior stakeholders they're using this information you know ignore the pun but make decisions right and these decision making but they're going to look at these dashboards to help them make decisions and so we need to then work with individuals on you know well, how they can present and how how do they you know how to present and how to present at different levels as well and it's very difficult to kind of teach unless they see you do it or unless they've had other roles like pre-sales sales like presentation skills and Andy when you know when we worked together as well the number of courses that you know people would suggest that other people go on like go on presentation skills but if they're not great presenting they may never be great presenting because they want to go into the detail one of the key things that we find is when people present and the real difference between a, um, a, a quite a technical person, I say the middle technical, quite a detailed person is 
at a high level, they'll want to know like high-level figures, attrition, FTE, high level. But then other people might want to drill down. And when they get caught up on a particular figure, that's it. You can't get them off that figure. And that's what happens from a development perspective as well. You know, if you're developing and and it's not perfect and you had a mistake in maybe the model, you may get caught up in that and said, oh, no, I need to fix that. I really... And you start fixing it there and then while you're presenting. We've seen that a number of times. But that's a little bit about soft skills. But, you know, the key thing I, I just say that, to, you know, when we've spoken, John, it's um, we would say we can teach them technicals off. We can we can we can help them on that development path, but what we can't necessarily do, and we don't have the time either, is to work with them on those those softer skills and softer elements. Well, I think the the whole irony of it is, isn't it, that the soft skills are the harder to acquire, um, whereas the hard skills are actually a lot easier. <laughs> the softer to acquire. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah. Back with those metaphors this week, yeah. Tom. Didn't quite work great so metaphors. well. <laughs> so, John, to what extent do you do you coach candidates one that you know their need to go and develop their soft skills? Conversely, when clients are out looking for people, to make sure that they focus and list the soft skills that they need. So, the simple answer is hardly hardly any. Right. I don't put hardly any effort into coaching for soft skills. And that might be something I need to look at, right? But I, I always prep my candidates for interview. And one thing I can't do is teach them how to talk to an employer. Because you can coach for all this stuff. You can say, right, so you need to focus on these gaps and make sure you emphasize these projects. And how would you answer a question if you don't have the answer? Or you know, how would you do this? Or how would you do that? But ultimately... If there's not a fit, there ain't going to be a fit. I learned a long time ago, putting a square peg into a round hole just isn't going to happen. I'm a firm believer there's a job for everyone, right? There is a job for everyone. I firm, firmly believe that. And it just could be that that person isn't right for that particular opportunity. So no, I, I don't put a lot of effort into coaching soft skills because if I put a certain amount of effort into it and the placement does happen, right? Because of my coaching, it's going to fall apart when they start right um it's going to fall apart very quickly and that and that bit's not going to be good and your relationship with the client's going to deteriorate and the candidate's going to do a job that they weren't supposed to do in the first place and it's going to ruin you know it's going to ruin that part of their career maybe i should but actually quite a strong argument for recruiters not putting effort into it because maybe then candidates come across in a more authentic way i'd go with that because it's that thing that is far better really for a candidate to come and be more themselves rather than be something that you may have coached and polished into into sounding like the candidate we would want whereas you know if, if we get a a more genuine view of that candidate uh it's if we choose to take them on it's a lot easier and it's, it's more likely that is going to work out than if they come across as one person as interview and then when they're actually with us and working with our customers and whatever if they're then not the same person at that point if they're coming across differently then that's where the wheels will come off because we, we've placed them for a certain role and that's what we've judged them to be right for. This is the benefit of working with a, a recruiter that is motivated and knows you because if they know you, they can make a really good fit based on their judgment when speaking to candidates. And so the number of times I just, when I speak to a candidate for a role, I just know that they're going to get the job because I know the client, I know the candidate and I know there's going to be a good fit based on those soft skills. And it always, it never fails, it always happens. And flip side of that, I know if they're not going to be a good fit, 
right? And if for whatever reason I speak to a client, I, I was at a client site yesterday visiting them and they've just taken on an FNO architect. And I said to the recruitment manager, off the record, I don't think he's going to be the best fit because of X, Y, and Z reasons. You know, he might be. Don't, <laughs> don't make a decision based on what I'm saying, but just be aware of these things. Um, and he said, yeah, fine, I will. Um, and I don't think it'll work out. And is that because the employer has got a you know the usual list of technical hard skills that they're after and that individual ticks most of all of the boxes and thinks and the employer thinks okay well technically they can do everything they need to go and do and maybe i'm not totally satisfied with with their presentation skills or you know whatever else it is but they go for it anyway for that reason because they feel that they've put a list together in a job description and this individual has ticked all the boxes so therefore that's decision made isn't it i mean does that happen often yeah it, not often but i've seen it happen i've seen it happen a fair few times but not often because this particular individual his cv looks good right cv looks good and a lot of cvs look good by the way but then when you work with someone the wheels come off right um, because they actually can't do these things and the reason why he was hired was because he was the right price and actually the good people who had good consultants with the right soft skills tend to be more in demand and therefore of a higher price and and more scarce availability. So this person was available and at the right price. So hand in hand with that, his soft skills probably aren't that great. So given we've gone through, we've talked about the fact that the development of soft skills is within our own hands, is within the consultant's hands, it's something that we all need to make sure that we're focusing on and developing. What are those soft skills? How would you break those soft skills down? And, you know, to somebody listening to this podcast, how would you advise they go about developing them? That's a really good question. Okay. So I would say, I probably can't give this a term, I probably should give this term, but the ability to sit next to someone and listen to their problems. So listening, right? That's a really, really important skill. And then proposing a solution based on their issue, right? Using the whatever technology that you're you're in there using, right? So Power BI is an example. So, oh, I've got this issue because I need to know how many people, I need to know my attrition rate for the last 10 years across all these sites, but I want to look at these sites. Oh, okay, well, actually Power BI can do that. And this is how they can do that. So maybe listening is good. I, I think collaboration and teamwork, right? You know, so on a project, I see a lot of people not do a great job who want to go in and be heroes. Thank God you've hired me. I'm great. <laughs> I'm going to solve all your problems. Yeah. You are so honestly. I've done X. I've done X, Y, and Z. Look no further. And it and it just and they go in and go. This is all mine. Everyone else is rubbish. Don't know what they're talking about. And it's and it's those people are often the worst people you can. Hire. I, I was nodding. I was nodding. <laughs> saying, yeah. And we've all worked with them. Shailen, Shailen's nodding intently. Go on, Shane, you're nodding so intently, I would like you to, uh, to, yeah. to say what, all I was, all I was to say what's say going through your mind. <laughs> soft skills, I know we talk about, I, was, I, you know, I mentioned earlier soft skills. We're talking about being able to present and hold a, level, hold a conversation at various levels and et cetera. But soft skills are also around managing expectations and client expectations. So there, a good example would be if the client said, oh, yeah, we, we've got Power BI. Can you just create it in Power BI? And it may be, goes back to our first podcast, Power BI is not Excel. Yeah, you're trying to replicate Excel in Power BI. Yep. So having that soft skill to actually have that conversation with them, I've personally seen 
with individuals, I'm not necessarily here, but personally with individuals, they find it very difficult to have those conversations, you know, especially when something cannot be done. When it can be done, it's like, yeah, great, yeah, yes, 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 yes. When it can't be done, they find it really difficult to push back and say, well, actually, yeah. you may be using the wrong tool set. And you mentioned a good one, John, about F&O, this consultant or um, person in terms of, you know, F&O. And Power BI, you know, we talk about data analytics, but F&O, you're implementing an ERP solution. So if something cannot be done, that's a business process. And the person needs to have those soft skills to be able to have those conversations yeah, with, with the client and with the business. When I say the client, I mean the business element of it. Because the business will always say, oh, no, we want to see a lot of that. We have an example today. Oh, we want to see those financial periods. But you can't see the financial periods because there's no data against the financial periods. Well, you, you make it happen. We want to see those financial periods. So, <laughs> but you have to have a conversation with them and say, well, technically, even technically, it's not really possible. You might be able to fudge something, but it might be possible. Why do you need to see them? Can you not change your business process? And they will actually say, no, no, we can't do that. We've been doing this for 20 years. Well, well okay, maybe it's time to look at the business process and address the business process. So, so I think soft skills work either way. And something else that we have seen, and I, Tom and I have seen this previously, is when you have individuals that, again, do not have those levels of skills, um, very much in that development, come from that development background, they may not understand project. And they may not understand project budget and project time scale and so much so that they'll continue to work on something and technically do whatever's possible yet there's no they they just disregard the fact that we had to work to a project time scale and budget you know just to make this one feature work and it would have been far easier to have that conversation early on to say well actually you know you usually look at doing it slightly differently i've just thought of something and actually you hit the nail on the head shailen about when something can't be done. I think people shy away from conflict, right? So if a customer is saying, I need this, I want this, I want this. The easiest thing is, yeah, that's the easiest thing because you avoid that conflict. But it's the harder thing, right, to say, it can't be done. The reason why we can't use it this way is X, Y, and Z, but I can suggest a solution and I would suggest you either fudge it or we look at your processes. And ultimately, like, if you look at recruitment and try and relate that to recruitment, I'll often say to a, to a to a company, well, this this person's right, this this person isn't right, and this is why they're not right, and actually this is this is the solution I'd suggest, and it might not benefit me or Northcote immediately, but it always like a boomerang, it always comes back. But clients generally prefer honesty. It might not taste nice at the time, but it's 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 the best thing. It's the best thing, and that's how you build these long term business relationships, right? And and like you guys see, you guys see your clients, you know buy your solution and then they'll upgrade years later. And why do they not go to tender, right? Because they had such a great experience with you first time, why go anywhere else? If you have a house renovation and someone does a, does a brilliant job on one room and you need your kitchen done, why are you gonna call anyone else? I agree. The other thing that you mentioned, John, about the, the solution architect role, you know, the individual and the company said they're a solution architect. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's from a, 
a billing perspective, so on their rate card, they can say that that person's a solution architect mm. and then bill them out as a solution architect. But also, a lot of companies will do that for retention as well, you know, because the individual will say, well, I, I, I think I'm a solution architect because I've done that course and I've done that and I've done that. And look, I've got all these exams to prove that I can, I, I understand this. But there may be something missing, but a lot of companies, and I've, I've seen them, you know, companies say, actually, yeah, maybe you are a solution architect. They increase their salary by X, X factor and say, yeah, you're a solution architect and they start billing them as a solution architect. But again, it'll only come back. It'll come back two ways, right? It'll come back to the company, to the client. It'll come back to the, the company because they're billing them out as a solution architect. But their client may say, well, hold on, this person doesn't really understand this. Yeah? Or they couldn't have that C-level conversation. And then that'll come back. It'll come back to the individual looking at their next roles, and also I'll ask you, John, looking at their next roles, they're now pitching as a solution architect. And then when they interview, let's say they interviewed us, and I said, well, actually, John, you know what? Um, I think the person's really good. However, there are gaps here, here, here. Is that something you see? I see it. I don't see it all the time, but when I see it, I see it. And with this individual recently, that's exactly what's happened. And he's been he's been fed, well, he's been, he's been given this tall story, right? It's this tall tale. Um, they've built him out as an essay to fill a gap. They've told him it's an essay. Other recruiters have said he's an essay. How the hell they know is beyond me. And and then, funnily enough, he's had exactly the same feedback from every single company he's interviewed at. You're really good. You're a solid lead. But this is the gap you've got. And they've all said the same thing. So they can't be wrong. They can't be wrong. But he's been slung an extra 5 6k on his on his base salary. And he walks around thinking it's an essay. You know, definitely can get there, 100%. But, you know, it's quite often the people who, a bit like saying, I'm the best, I'm good, and, you know, thank God you hired me. It's that same sort of attitude, right? It's, I am a solution architect, I'm an architect, I, I am this, I'm that, and the other. And it's quite often the people that say, you know what, well, I don't know if I'm an architect. Those people are generally architects. The people who don't shout about what they're good, good at and their achievements, and they don't need to, because they don't need to, right? They don't need to. Um, and those people are generally better than the ones who shout about it. I think you've always got to be aware of what your gaps are, and sometimes you need someone to tell you that. For me, it's just being aware of the gaps, taking action when you've got time. Thomas Chalen, what, what do you guys do? Because you know, you guys, you know, both, you know, keep ahead of everything technically, and you know, in terms of running a business, we all know what it's like. There's always something new we have to go and learn. And uh, how do you guys approach this? I think I mean I think some of it is is not even necessarily a case of putting specific time by to to do something, but to actually be involved in 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 how you get involved with activities either internally or with customers in terms of working on your communication skills or actually being able to sort of take advice from people around you and, and sort of talk to them about things where things may not have gone quite so well if in communications or something and where you can you can look to actually talk to people that you're working with to get some of that feedback back and and, and see where you can make improvement there but it's also I say the way you engage with the projects that you're working on or the way that you're actually engaging with different um, people at, at the customer so if if you've got if you think you have a gap with presentation for example then that's an opportunity to volunteer to do more presentation work and get that practice and you know it's not necessarily sort of setting specific time aside to do it 
but it's getting involved in the actual task where somebody can give you some mentoring or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, used, I remember when I was with, uh, I started this habit when I was at SAP. So the, the day before big presentation, I would be in that in the presentation room that I was going to present from with my presentation, everything I had to do the night before, late into the night, sometimes just going through the presentation over and over and over again, just to make sure that I was best prepared. But also I think putting yourself in that environment makes a huge difference. I think, you know, Shaden, you kind of made the point earlier that you can, you know, we found this lots of time when we were at Microsoft, didn't we, that you could train people on certain things, but they had to just go and do it. Um, And there has to be an experiential part of it. But I think there has to be, you know, it's that sharpening of the saw, isn't it? Whereby, you know, you need to go and learn, do, learn, do, learn, do, learn, do, um, to go and make sure your skills are developing. Exactly that. It's that constant learning as well. So you never think that we know everything. You know, and we do, we don't. It's that constant learning, even in things like Power BI, which we've been using for years and, you know, deploy all the time and help people on their journey. We deliver training courses, but there are new things that we learn and different ways to do it as well. And it's taking that on, on, on board. I think the key thing in terms of developing as a person and developing those softer skills as a person is number one, ask for feedback. So once you've presented, ask for feedback how many times have you seen people present they go wow i've nailed it i nailed that presentation fantastic i'm out of here yeah they've gone they didn't ask they didn't ask a single question they didn't ask for any feedback and everyone else is going what kind of what kind of presentation was that yeah. and number two take the feedback you know and and any criticism in a positive way because it's there for you to learn from yeah do something with it your soft skills can be responsible for 70% of your career and possibly more. They're in your hands. Don't expect your employer to go and do it for you. All right, guys, just to round up, is there anything else we haven't included in this or any other points anybody would like to make? It's a good session. Yeah, all good. No, thank, look, thank John, you, John, thank you so much for coming on. Um, oh, thanks for the invite, guys. Really appreciate and, it. And uh, as, as you're well aware, you are welcome anytime, my friend. Thank you. All right, guys, I'm going to close up here. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from everybody.